You ever have that feeling where you're not sure if you're awake or still dreaming? Well, dreams, they feel real while we're in them, right? It's only when we wake up that we realize something was actually strange. The idea that has always fascinated me about dreams is everything within that dream is created by your own mind as you experience it. You remember the chance to build cathedrals, entire cities, things that never existed, things that couldn't exist in the real world. Have you ever had a dream, Leo, that you were so sure was real? Once you were able to wake from that dream, how would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? Hello and welcome back to the Lucid Dreaming Podcast. This is episode 13. Welcome back to the show. Hope you like the new intro. Uh, took some time to work on, but I think it came out quite nice. I'm still refining it. Maybe I'll uh, shorten it a bit. I know a long intro is kind of silly, although I'm sure... Most people listen on this or that device, and it's easy to skip forward. But um, I don't know; it was, uh, it was hard to keep it to just a few little quotes and segments. So, anyway, I hope you like it. Today on the podcast, I would like to do a sort of companion episode to an article that I just wrote last week called. The future of lucid dreaming, and basically, what I'm going to do in the in the episode, I'm not going to sort of really read the article verbatim or close to it. Uh, some points in the article, I basically run a little bit through the history and through what I think will be the upcoming developments in just general three segments: sort of the near future, the not so near future, and the far future. Um, I don't really give time frames for that. Because honestly, it's uh, it's that part is hard to predict. Somebody said once, um, the future is easy to predict. Uh, it's when is the hard part. Predicting when things will happen, not what will happen. And uh, I believe that that is very, very true. So what I did with the article is break it down to sort of these various areas of lucid dreaming and the development of lucid dreaming. And here in the podcast, I'm just going to run through it and... I'm going to leave out some parts, but actually expand on other parts in a way that is more conversational and easier to convey uh, while talking. So let me give you the rundown and we'll see how it goes. So basically where we're at, obviously, is that not a lot of changed in lucid dreaming since it became a popular practice, at least in the West. So in Eastern traditions and very old traditions, dream yoga has been practiced for, as far as we can tell, thousands of years. And it's still practiced today, both in still uh, various lineages of uh, Tibetan Buddhism and various, various Buddhism traditions. And of course, a little bit in the West as well, by teachers like Charlie Morley, uh, who's combining East and West methodologies. But in the West, at least since, again, Stephen LeBurge made it very, very popular, most of the techniques are still the same. Most of the struggles to achieve lucidity are still the same. And although gadgets has started coming into the scene, um, for the most part, 
achieving lucidity is, uh, is still a challenge for many. New techniques have come onto the scene, but again, they're are not revolutionary in the sense that they don't they help a lot of people, which is fantastic. But I think there's a part of where most people who practice lucid dreaming kind of hope for some major breakthrough. And I think some are coming. So I am definitely not only optimistic, but hopeful about the, uh, the future. So let's, let's start with our, my little breakdown. And I'll start with kind of the things I wrote about the near future. And the first thing I wrote about is uh, supplements. And this is always a tricky subject. And I see a lot of misconceptions, a lot of misunderstanding, and a lot of assumptions made about uh, supplements. And I do want to clarify, I, I'm not going to go too much into it because I've covered this extensively in episode 10 and, and a little bit uh, in episode 11 as well. But supplements probably have the potential to help us or increase the chances of achieving lucidity in various ways, but I don't think they will now or probably ever really be a standalone solution. No pill will just make you lucid dream, uh, you know, the vast majority of the time. And in fact, in terms of scientific research, it has not been shown that uh, supplements or any sort of drugs achieve lucidity better than placebo or just you know, some people become lucid just by hearing about it for the first time or thinking about it or, you know, reading about it or seeing a movie or just any kind of interaction. So it's a very mental thing. And I think it's a very individual thing as well, both in terms of just the effect of something triggering lucidity or supplements having an actual effect towards achieving lucidity. So again, I think it's a very individual thing. And some people have a better response to these things than others. But for the most part, I wouldn't um, hang our hopes on that. But what I do want to say about the development and the future of supplements is that I think as these become more and more popular and the area of scientific research about lucid dreaming becomes more popular, more research would actually take place and maybe the refinement of a combination of various ingredients may actually be able to be proven and to be indicated that they can help in, again, the only thing that supplements for lucid dreaming really do is increase the conditions and improve the conditions for achieving lucidity um, through better sleep, through affecting our mental state, through affecting uh, our biochemistry in the brain and Again, setting better conditions for achieving lucidity. So in the in the future, I believe, hopefully, maybe to some degree, that these will be refined in such a way that at least we will know more accurately what their effects are and how much they can impact our uh, ability to achieve lucidity. But I do think they will not only reach kind of a limit of how much we can achieve with that, but they will soon enough become obsolete because better methods and better techniques will come to the scene that will basically render them useless. Which leads me to the next thing, which are the various gadgets, sleep masks, headbands, and so on. 
I think this has been the kind of most popular recent development and advancement in lucid dreaming. And we're smack down in the middle of this transition because, you know, since the first sort of really device or gadget came on the scene, which is the Nova Dreamer, Stephen LeBurge's original sleep mask, that actually with, you know, not being perfect and all, and being more than 10 years old, still had REM detection, which was kind of impressive for the time. And it wasn't by EEG, it was actually with eye movement, uh, which was very, very clever. But, you know, since then, there has been some sort of imitations of that device in nothing until the Remy uh, came out on Kickstarter and sort of reignited the enthusiasm and excitement about devices that might help achieve lucidity. Of course, the Remy was a far improvement than the original Nova Dreamer in some senses, like being fle more flexible, light, comfortable for most people, but it didn't have REM detection and it was just a more sophisticated timer with customizable lights. But um, I think the part of REM detection turned out to be kind of more, maybe even more crucial in uh, trying to make this device effective. And so, some people find it useful, but I think for the most part, mo most people were kind of disappointed with the Remy. But then, of course, a chain of new Kickstarters showed up, um, and I think the most prominent one is the, the Aurora by iWings, which I've uh, talked to these awesome people not that long ago. And they are right now in the middle of the process of building their basically EEG headband with uh, lights and sound, I believe. And this is something that would be far more fine-tuned to your sleep, uh, will detect when you are indeed dreaming, and with various uh, methods, will try to alert you to the fact that you're dreaming. So this is, of course, very exciting, and it's being uh, worked on right now, and hopefully will ship by the end of this, uh, this year, and um, might achieve um, much better results than anything that came before it. I know there's other products like the Neuron that I mentioned in the article, and, which is actually a, a device that's dedicated for something else altogether. It's for polymorphic, polyphasic, polyphasic sleep. It also has the capability because it has an EEG in it and lights and so on. It has the capability of being something like the Nova Dreamer or a sort of Remy with dream detection. So that remains to be seen, but that is also supposed to ship by the end of the year. Um, but I'm personally uh, most excited about the Aurora. In the near future, which is by the end of this year, hopefully this will come out and we'll, we'll see how this one does. And of course, the biggest news that came out, and funnily enough, um, I talked about this extensively in the last episode, but the research showing that with low current electric brain stimulation, we can achieve lucidity by applying 25 or more effectively 40 hertz current to replicate the same brain waves that occur naturally during lucid dream, which is gamma brain waves, um, and most of the time around 40 hertz. And this is quite remarkable, and the study itself is has amazing results, and this is something that I've been uh, wondering about for a while. 
has ever since I've discovered uh, research about TDCS and TACS, uh, transcranial direct stimulation or alternate uh, current stimulation. And this basically uh, set the stage and mapped out the way to do this. And this is something, of course, as I mentioned, that I'm working on. And I have a feeling I'm not the only one working on this, but I'm making progress and this can be uh, even more refined way to do it if we can do it safely, effectively, in something that is, you know, affordable and achievable by people and uh, something that, you know, can actually work outside of the lab settings, something that is comfortable to sleep in and something that, you know, you can, you can use on a regular basis. So that might take a little longer, but it's coming. And if it works well, this can be tremendous. Once again, these more of these devices will start showing up because more people are interested in this as a method and are working on things like that. Of course, we know that Stephen LeBerge has teased with his own new version of the Nova Dreamer, the Nova Dreamer 2, which he's been teasing for many years now, actually. But as you can see, more and more of these are coming out. And as more and more people get their hands on them, and more people start using them, we can refine them and eventually get to something that works very consistently and very effectively. So that's kind of exciting. Another thing I, will, I think will happen in the, in the near future is, and again, until maybe we get our ultimate lucid dreaming gadget or device, is brain training. There's a lot of companies that are coming out with sort of these personal EEG neurofeedback devices, uh, which is again, uh, just a sort of headband or device you wear on your head that detects your brain waves and gives you feedback in terms of your mental state, your um, mental condition in terms of your brain waves, uh, how calm you are, how anxious, relaxed, and so on. And this allows people not only to kind of gauge in an additional way of their current mental state, but also kind of try to train themselves for different mental conditions. And that includes everything from training in various types of meditation with a more uh, refined feedback, something that, that gives them some indication on, on how they're doing, uh, however you might interpret it, what we, what we see. But I believe that these will also allow us to train for very particular types of mental states. And what I'm referring to in regards to lucid dreaming and how I think this will actually be helpful for lucid dreaming is one of my hypotheses is that if we can replicate, just, just like we were trying to do with a device, if we can replicate... Um, or trained for specific mental states that correlate to loose dreaming, perhaps we can sort of work that muscle and achieve the same state in a dream just out of uh, practice, out of habit, out of just training that area of the brain. Just like the same way that meditation itself, just regular meditation on a regular basis seem to not only increase your level of awareness in general waking day-to-day -day life, but it also seems to be doing it in your dreams. Uh, it increases dream recall, which in turn also increases um, frequency of lucid dreaming. So on its own, meditation, which it, for many people is not an easy thing to do, still can achieve tremendous results. Training 
for mental states with EEG, I think can achieve something that is very targeted to lucid dreaming in particular, in addition to everything else that it might be able to do. Research is showing that um, during a lucid dream, we are showing theta brain waves, which correlate with dreaming, in combination with alpha brain waves, which are indicative of awareness, a conscious awareness. It's a relaxed, focused awareness usually, but it's an indication of an awareness. And in the same vein, we see theta brain waves, again, correlating to sleeping uh, and dreaming in particular, and gamma waves, which correlate in this particular case with lucid dreaming, but is also, as I mentioned before, something that is occurs a lot in meditation, in different types of meditation, especially well-practiced meditators, as well as in moments of um, when people are exhibiting compassion, uh, when they're experiencing feelings of euphoria, uh, and so on. This, this is one of those fascinating uh, brain states. And I think trying to practice these corresponding states while being awake, while being aware, I think can help increase our ability for and capacity for lucid dreaming. These devices like, you know, the Interaxon Muse or the emotive devices, the NeuroSky, and um, of course there's the OpenEG and the, now the OpenBCI. I think all of these devices that are also right now coming onto the, war- to the market, some of them are already available, will start to be utilized for practice for lucid dreaming. And I'm going to I plan to look into that uh, in particular. So last little item about the near future. As more of these devices come out on the market, um, whether it's EEG devices or lucid dreaming devices, will basically have a compounding effect of what I, what I like to call DIY sleep labs. This is a phenomenon where uh, in other areas, when people start getting access to devices and uh, ability and information or anything that allows them to do something they they couldn't do before whether it's um you know 3d printers becoming ubiquitous activity trackers um, the whole quantified self movement and many things like that people are starting to experiment and experience on their own to build and do and so on we will now have access to these devices like you know, personal EEGs or better um, uh, capability to achieve lucid dreaming through something like the Aurora and so on, more and more information will come out about how to achieve lucid dreaming or about brain waves and brain states and uh, awareness training and awareness practices that this will start creating a lot more information that doesn't only come from well-funded labs with scientists and so on. Not that I'm saying that having uh, people just at their home doing experiments or research or measuring data and and collecting data is going to be better in some way than proper scientific method in uh, in laboratories. But collectively, we can learn a lot from these, you know, amateurs and people just out there trying things out and collecting data and learning on their own and doing experiments on their own. I think that will be that will lead to developments that we can't quite foresee just now. And I think that's sort of something interesting that's going to pop up very, very soon and something that's already happening in 
in areas like the quantified self, like the the vast amount of people that are now starting to track their own bodies in various ways, um, started from how many steps you take a day to your heart rate and uh, your again your sleep and many 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 other things, including now again your brain waves and so on. So that's going to be a fascinating little area, and I think that will actually bring about developments that we uh, can't predict quite yet. So we'll have to wait and see for that. Let's move on to the not-so-near future. And uh, the first thing I kind of reflected on is mind, body, and spirit. So eventually, it's hard to tell when, but eventually I truly believe that some device or a combination of device and method will come about that will be as good as 100% effective, 99% effective, something like that. Something that's so reliable that we've considered that kind of area of lucid dreaming cracked. Anybody can, it will be affordable, it will be reliable, it will be easy to use and convenient and comfortable. And I don't know when that day will come, but I'm pretty certain that it will. And development in technology uh, is nearly guarantees it in in some way just a matter of time as far as i can tell and so what that will do is it will turn lucid dreaming into something even more ubiquitous and more widespread than it is now and i think what that will do and why i'm mentioning sort of mind body and spirit is i think that that the fact that lucid dreaming will be so accessible will bring it into more areas of life in a similar way that um, meditation d- does or other things, and I'll, I'm going to give examples. And of course, everything I'm saying in this episode and everything I wrote in the article, you know, has of course like a positive spin on it. Everything is awesome and everything is great. And I, I know I'm biased in that sense because I'm, you know, I love lucid dreaming and I love this sort of area of exploration. But, you know, I always try to be level-headed or sort of true to and accurate to reality and what I think is possible. But I'm going to try to make the case for all these things, even the far future, far-fetched ones, which you'll uh, see in a moment, or you already know if you read the article. So let's take mind. Lucid dreaming becoming widespread and ubiquitous will allow things like psychotherapy. So (laughs) psychotherapy, uh, which is a phenomenal tool, for dealing with your mind, you know, therapists used to ask you to write down your dreams, go go home, go to sleep, write down your dreams, and bring down bring back material to basically try to get some glimpse or insight into your subconscious to try to analyze it and uh, and help you with that, which has been uh, extremely helpful as dreams are sort of these kind of windows and in, in insight into your your mind, your subconscious your unconscious uh, psyche. And if lucid dreaming is very, very accessible, I believe that perhaps a psychotherapist will now send you home instead of to bring back something for your dreams to take something to your dreams. They'll give you homework to go, become lucid, and interact with your dream in order to get more insights uh, or in order to interact and affect your um your subconscious directly perhaps if you know people do more research and develop ways to to do that directly 
psychotherapy in a sense might might extend into your your dreams where you will actually take personal action in trying to improve yourself or repair or fix elements in your in your subconscious if you uh if you take the research about the achieving lucidity through uh the current stimulation to your brain there are scientists that have done this research and previous research and in fact mentioned that one of the biggest areas they are trying to discover how to achieve lucidity better for is something like treating post-traumatic stress disorder so people are having dealing with um, things like recurring nightmares and much deeper issues with uh, with their psychological condition lucid dreaming they believe and i believe that as well that lucid dreaming might be the arena in which we will be able to more directly impact our condition and deal with things like trauma definitely lucid dreaming is already something that helps us deal with nightmares nightmares usually are either the cause of or indicative of some bigger issue some trauma something we're dealing with so that will be very interesting how that might develop as a an application of lucid dreaming let's take body again when lucid dreaming will become more widespread there's a lot of uh, there's uh, some research at the very least that are uh, showing that activities that take place in the dream has a direct effect on our body it has definitely a, an effect on our brain chemistry and reactions that happen in the brain but it has an effect on our mental condition and in turn effect on our bodies um, just in terms of of health conditions so this is and this is another great example where meditation again kind of got into the west in uh, as a form of spiritual practice but turned turns out to be tremendous tremendous for health benefits in fact you know more and more research is coming out about the health benefits of meditation and that's one of the reasons it's becoming more popular i personally at the very least i would say that personally my experience with lucid dreaming is not only lucid uh, having lucid dreams is one of the things that affect most positively my mental condition and just my overall overall well-being like waking up energized happy delighted i don't remember having any lucid dream even ones that were kind of not easy or or you know lucid dreams that were uh started from nightmares and so on still i would wake up from them feeling much more energized and much happier just because of the occurrence of lucidity itself i'm sure that's not the case for everybody and i'm sure that's not going to be perhaps 100% of lucid dreams will have that effect but they obviously do have an effect and i think lucid dreams now as a as i guess as a grown up are one of the few things that can actually make me wake up not super tired you know cranky and squishy and uh and unhappy which is just i think most grown ups i know you know they wake up in the morning even if they slept okay uh, and even if they don't have to wake up super early or anything like that only only the last time i woke up uh just like with energy and woke up like you know in the movies or in cartoons they wake up jumping and pouncing uh was as a kid 
not since childhood have I woken up, you know, with actual like, you know, feeling rested after sleep. And these days, the only time that happens is, you know, is after a lucid dream. I literally wake up with energy, which is such a rare thing, at least for me. I don't know about you, that I'm fascinated by why, why does that happen? Why, when I have a lucid dream, do I wake up with so much energy and feeling so good? So often do I wake up from regular dreams and regular nights uh, where in the dream I was like battling someone or something or, you know, it's one of those movie-like scenarios where there's just struggle and just, you know, anxiety and things going wrong and you wake up and you are sometimes even rattled by the dream, by the dream content. You You wake up and you're like exhausted and you're upset and just... The dreams have so much effect on us, an effect on our, our body and how we rest, that I believe, again, through lucid dreaming, we'll be able to more constantly and more on a regular basis have control over what's happening in our dream. And not just what's happening in our dream, but just the quality of our sleep through our dreams. And so I think that will have tremendous effect, just as a um, meditation-like practice for health benefits. And this is beyond sort of there's I know there's a lot of people who believe that doing something in a lucid dream can can achieve something like healing your body and so on that you know I've spoken a little about in a previous episode. I don't know about that. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite convinced yet. But it's definitely possible because I've touched upon the fact that spontaneous remission from from uh diseases happen um you know, spontaneous cases of healing. The placebo effect has a tremendous effect on our body and on healing our body. So who knows? I mean, maybe maybe doing something in, in a dream can have an effect that way, that kind of a direct effect on our body. I don't know. But uh, it remains to be seen. And again, once lucid dreaming is more accessible, we can actually start testing these theories a lot better. And more precisely. The last point, uh, the spirit of mind, body, and spirit, is having access to lucid dreaming will make things like dream yoga even more popular. And people who practice meditation as a spiritual, as part of a spiritual practice, uh, and practicing mindfulness and consciousness and awareness and compassion, and just spirituality in general, um, which I'm by no means an expert on or know enough about, even though I do have my own practices. People like Charlie Morley, who's teaching a sort of combination of modern techniques with dream yoga and Buddhist techniques. I think this will increase. I think this will become more popular. And I think that lucid dreaming, even more beyond what, what's currently being, uh, being used, will become a regular component of a spiritual practice like meditation. And I think that would be tremendous and very beneficial for anybody who's, who's on a has a spiritual practice like that. Last component of the not so near future, which is kind of a, a mix. I call it training ground. And I know that people even today use lucid dreaming as a sort of virtual reality arena for training whether they're training in, um, you know, for, for anything from like martial arts or practicing 
conditions in which they have uh, trying to have a, overcome fears, social fears, uh, speaking in front of people, having conversations. Uh, this ties into both the research that has been done showing that activities that we practice in our dreams, even regular dreams, for the brain, as at least as far as we can tell, the brain can't tell the difference between doing something in waking life and doing something in a dream. The experience is nearly identical, and in fact, you're in, in a dream and doing something, you can't even tell the difference unless you become lucid. It seems real, it feels real, and the brain takes it as such. And if you're practicing a piano during the day, and you're practicing a piano and uh, playing a piano in your dreams, you're still practicing playing the piano. You're still reinforcing those neural pathways in your brain that are connecting and reconnecting and making stronger connections in, in in such you're learning uh, and increasing your ability to play the piano, let's say. I believe that this will apply to many other things and other practices. In the article, I give the example of the military using, you know, investing uh, heavily in virtual reality devices to be able to train soldiers in an environment uh, that simulates uh, real conditions and that feels real without them being able to get hurt but at least that gives them, they, be able, they can create worlds around people and scenarios that they can test their capabilities, they can train them, uh, they can create very, very custom scenarios for that. And if you take that to sort of the next level with lucid dreaming, that's really, you know, even though you can't create the environment externally, at least I can't imagine exactly how, you would be able to do that. But a person themselves with, in lucid dreaming with enough practice can create various conditions uh, for training. And I don't mean, of course, just military or anything like that, but just think of all the things that you could practice on a regular basis once you know this is something that's much more achievable. Because as I mentioned in the article, they, lucid dreaming have, has like these two main aspects. There's achieving lucidity, and then there's what you do once you're lucid, or more accurately, what I mean is uh, increasing your level of awareness, your level of lucidity, and so increasing also dream control. And I, I don't believe dream control is the only purpose of lucid dreaming, but it's definitely a component of it. All these things that I explained, you know, of course, we'll one day have a device that maybe can trigger lucidity um, all of the time, but what it won't do for us is give us like a high level of lucidity necessarily or ability for control over the dream or over our you know dream body and so on and we'll still have to practice and that's where things like the EEG devices or just a regular being able to become lucid every every night will give us the ability to train for that kind of stuff and then really you'll be able to practice and reinforce any kind of training that that you can imagine for things like that and again a piano or martial arts or anything like that is just basic examples, but I think I think you know what I mean. So that will be another interesting aspect of being able to do this on a very regular basis for a lot more people. So let's move on to the far, far future. This, I don't know when this will happen, but, and this, this might really sound far-fetched, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain what I, what I'm predicting that will happen. And I'm going to try to make the case for why I believe it will happen. And that is filmmaking. I believe that 
the future lucid dreamer will become a one man a one man operation a one man movie studio and basically the ultimate filmmaker with enough you know creativity that will be able to do something that no studio with no budget uh will be able to achieve no no cgi and no other thing will be able to do and and here's why technology for let's call it mind reading or recording imagery from your mind that doesn't really exist yet however there are developments towards that there are people who are taking the most highest resolution fmris and is scanning devices to try to do the following and here's here's an actual research and i've posted the video in the article and i'll, I'll link to the article into the video in the show notes um so so take a look and i think you'll be a little more convinced of what what people are working on right now so to, to sum it up before i explain the the research what i believe will happen is in the future we will be able to retrieve imagery from our minds using using some kind of technology whether it's uh you know a sort of brain scan or high resolution brain scan or interpreting the electrical signals that are running in our brains into actual imagery and the day you can do that you'll be able to just think something and imprint it into digital media so you can like imagine music in your head and a musician will be able to record music directly from their mind And again, this is the far future. I know it sounds far-fetched, but just hear me out. Um, an artist that can imagine some kind of drawing or picture or something will be able to just literally from the image in their mind imprint it into media, into digital media, into a, a file on a computer. And in much the same way, if you can create like a movie scene in your in your mind and project it into media, I don't believe anybody uh, at least currently not that i know of and i know i can't do it no one in their waking state can imagine something so vividly uh maybe with the exception of a few people with a strange brain condition that they can't tell the difference between their memories and their uh current um state of awareness in their in their current moment in life other than those people cannot create imagery in their mind that is so vivid that it just encompasses their whole sort of field of view or something like that that they'll be able to create something that looks completely real with all the details without like tremendous effort however a person who is sleeping and dreaming does in fact create and can create imagery and entire scenarios and entire visions and landscape that are so vivid and so clear and so realistic that if you can record those imagery from their brain you can probably produce an entire insanity of movies and a variety of scenarios that you we can't even think of except in our dreams at the moment and so think if that's actually technology that will one day come about imagine a lucid dreamer who can become aware in her dream and then create their scenarios create their landscape create this imagery if you take a lucid dreamer who is proficient enough in lucid dreaming and dream control and is also creative enough to create these kind of scenarios and imageries imagine what they will be able to uh create in terms of just a movie they make up during their sleep take 3 nights of sleep and you have a uh, uh, full sequences of movie at zero budget now 
How am I trying to even justify something like this possibly happening? Other than other people who love, you know, imagining the future like me and who believe with very little doubt that things like that would be possible, whether, you know, 10 years or 20 or 50 years or, you know, 500 years from now, someday, um, there's already research. And that's the video I posted on my, on the, the article and I'll post in the show notes as well. There's a TED video talking about the same research where scientists have taken a few people and put them in high resolution, the most, the highest resolution we have, a brain scan, trying to measure their brains and the activity, particular activity in their brain while showing them hours and hours of video, diverse video, all sorts of video, I think YouTube videos, various things. So they're watching, you know, people on screen and all sorts of things, animals and all, all kinds of scenarios. And the scanner and the computer, the algorithm is basically trying to map out the activity that is happening in their brains when they're seeing particular imagery. So the computer knows what videos they're watching while they're watching it. And they know the brain activity that is happening while they're watching particular types of videos. And after hours and hours and hours and hours of video and brain scanning, the computer started matching, the algorithm started matching the imagery to particular brain patterns. And then what they did is just scan their brain while they're watching video without the computer knowing what video they're watching and made the computer try to replicate, produce an image just out of the brain activity that the person is showing, that the scan is picking up. Just after learning, you know, the correlation between imagery and uh, and brain activity, now all they get is brain activity and try to replicate an imagery. And the results are remarkable. I mean, it's not super clear, you know, high resolution image, but it's very obvious that there is a direct correlation, that there is a, a very obvious, very noticeable accuracy to what the computer is generating out of what it learned and then what it scanned in their brain. And if you watch the video, I think you'll see what I mean. It's it's quite amazing. And as the person on in the TED video on stage is explaining, uh, and I encourage you to watch the entire video. I, you know, the part I'm talking about is about minute eight in into the video. But watch the entire video because it's it's fascinating stuff. And what they're saying is that as we can tell, all we need now is to increase the resolution, and that by the sort of exponential growth of and the development of such technologies, all, all it is is a matter of time. All we need is just to increase the resolution of the brain scan enough to be able to sort of pinpoint the exact occurrence in the brain and translate that into information. Maybe even fur, fur, further down in the future, this will happen in a completely different way. You know, Ray Kurzweil, the inventor and futurist, is giving the example of you know, nanobots, nanotechnology that will actually, you know, be living in your body, can go into your brain, uh, attach to your neurons and kind of pick up the signal from there directly and translate it or, you know, transmit it into media or into somebody else's brain and so on. This, I know, kind of goes even for further down into future and crazy predictions, but the concept is the same, whether it's through brain scan or other methods, our capability to do that is coming eventually. And I truly believe, as crazy as that sounds, 
that once we are able to do that, one of the perhaps unexpected results of combining that technology with the technology of lucid dreaming, now the ability to lucid dream vividly and be able to create these kind of crazy scenarios and landscape and so on in a dream will produce amazing future filmmakers in a way that we, you know, can't, can't quite conceive yet. That's my far future prediction. So, I don't know. I, I, I think I was kind of covering the gamut and uh, perhaps even all over the place in terms of my predictions or my views. This is all, of course, just the way I see things. I could be completely wrong on most of these things. Maybe I'm accurate on some, like all futurists who try to predict the future. But I truly believe uh, these things. And I truly believe that as technology in general accelerates or the the common use and common interest of people in something like lucid dreaming will only increase more people's interest in it and our ability to do it and ideas or applications we can find for it that we can't even quite think about yet. And I think the future looks bright and uh, I look forward to it. And hopefully um, got you a little excited as well. I know I, I am. <laughs> so hopefully that was interesting. Check out the article. I expand in different ways about some of these things I talked about. And um, I give links and examples and uh, some more details. Check out the video, uh, the TED video I talk about in terms of the brain scanning. It is absolutely fascinating. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. As usual, you can reach me at the Lucid Sage on Twitter. You can uh, read my articles and uh, find me on lucidsage.com. Until next time, sweet and lucid dreams.